Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Thanks for being with us here on The Great America Show. Let's begin with a now constant drumbeat from the Marxist left as they try to take away our guns. It's now, that drumbeat, incessant and drives out any intelligent discussion of what actually caused most, if not all, of the mass shootings over the past two decades. Vice President Kamala Harris Sunday was on Face the Nation, pounding away at our constitutional right to bear arms and to keep our guns, no matter what ill-informed, mostly incoherent political hacks demand. Harris said, quote, we have to stop allowing those weapons to be available to civilians, end quote. The vice president is every bit as authoritarian as her boss and almost as incoherent. We civilians, as she put it, are actually citizens. And as citizens, the Second Amendment of the Constitution, quote-unquote, allows us to have to keep our guns. Not the Biden puppet presidency, not the Washington permanent bureaucracy. Because the political elites, as President Trump once said, aren't that elite. But they are that indifferent to our rights as American citizens. Sometimes they're hostile to our rights, certainly hostile to our Second Amendment rights, and the Marxist left is power mad, whether the radical Dems or the deep state. Harris then called for renewal of the 1994 federal assault weapons ban, which had no measurable impact on gun violence in the 10 years that ban was in effect. The vice president, of course, did not mention that fact, nor did the Face the Nation host. But as usual, neither the left or the leftist media want to discuss the mental health of the shooters or the failure of families, schools, police, and communities to identify and help the mentally ill who carry out these gruesome mass murders. That would just go too far against the Democrat and leftist media narratives. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh was forced to leave a Morton Steakhouse in Washington last week when a group of pro-abortion protesters called on the restaurant to remove the justice. Kavanaugh and his security detail had to exit Morton's through the back door. And the intimidation of conservative justices goes on, despite the fact it's against the law to do so. The White House hasn't been sympathetic, to say the least, nor the D.C. Police Department. But our guest today is Congressman Darrell Issa, and he took action to protect the families of the justices as well as the justices themselves. ISA won overwhelming support in Congress and the Senate for his bill to improve security for the Supreme Court. President Biden signed the bill, and the law now provides justices and their families full security protection. Congressman ISA, always delighted to welcome you back to The Great America Show. Congratulations on moving your bill to protect the families of Supreme Court justices to law and to do so so quickly. 
Well, thank you. And uh, I was pleased when Nancy Pelosi, who has a whole team guarding her, finally allowed that bill uh, to come to the floor uh, after a month delay. Uh, and then, of course, it passed overwhelmingly, uh, as it should. Uh, we, there, it should not be a, a confrontational uh, event every time you want to do things that common sense says you need to do, like protect uh, people who are in direct and imminent uh, danger, uh, as our justices and their families are, were at that very moment. You know, I want to get your reaction to what was, by any definition, a historic uh, eight days for the Supreme Court uh, on gun on gun freedom, uh, the Second Amendment, on uh, abortion. I mean, you, you go through the list, religious freedom, private speech, but in, in public, the list just keeps growing uh, of, of accomplishments on the part of this this court and these five brave constitutionalist judges, justices. It's it, what a period of time we've experienced. Your, your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm pleased that we do have five and a half conservatives on the bench. And uh, I'm being cynical, as you might imagine. Uh, but Justice Roberts continues to uh, uh, split his, uh, his conservatism uh, in various ways. And, and, and I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, uh, the bench is making good decisions. Uh, the New York case, you mentioned the Second Amendment, for 100 years, People in uh, imminent danger, people carrying large amounts of cash, people closing up their shops late at night in bad neighborhoods or in any neighborhood, uh, were told by law enforcement who carry guns, uh, told by uh, uh, district attorneys who carry guns, that they didn't meet the requirement to carry a gun because they were not in enough danger in the opinion of somebody who gets to carry a gun. And uh, the Supreme Court rightfully said no. The, uh, the right to bear uh, is, is one that is primarily determined by the individual. And so in reversing the bias from uh, you, you must prove in this overwhelming way in order to get a concealed weapons permit, uh, and, and of course, in these are states where they don't allow you to carry open, um, now finally, uh, New York has some sensibility, and that should translate in their other states, including my own. Yeah, and and the idea that somehow it's okay to have weapons in your home to defend yourself, that makes sense to everybody. But somehow there has grown up this uh, amazing uh, perception that just because you're safe at home, you doesn't mean you should be safe when you're out on the street or driving your car or, or whatever. Uh, it, it's just a maddening uh, contradiction and inconsistency of logic uh, that has existed, as you say, in, in New York State for 100 years. Oh, absolutely. And, and, of course, in New York State, even places of business that have been robbed often find themselves unable to legally have uh, a weapon. So if they get robbed again and they do have a weapon, they get charged and the other guy gets away. So uh, we are seeing some common sense except I have to take back the word common when it takes 100 years to bring a case like that, just as Heller uh, took decades and decades and had to be, you know, relitigated effectively because the District of Columbia uh, still thought it was above the Constitution. Uh, but these are important issues 
Uh, there are many more that have to be taken up, including what is our right of free speech uh, when you uh, get systematically taken down by what is supposed to be a common carrier like Twitter or Facebook. Um, those cases haven't gone before the court, uh, but we need to get them before the court because I believe that many of the things that we talk about in Congress actually are already enshrined in our Constitution. We simply need to remind people that, you know, the right to keep and bear arms is pretty self-explanatory. The right of free speech, which shall not be abridged, uh, is pretty straightforward. And of course, um, speech and religion finally came together on this 50-yard line decision uh, on uh, a coach who just simply kneeled after, uh, after the game. So it's been a great time for, as we like to say, SCOTUS, uh, for the Supreme Court, and we are pleased. Well, it's it's just an amazing period of time, and this court, uh, you know, uh, God save this court and God bless this court uh, for all that it has done in, in eight days' time, and uh, it's just a, a wonderful moment in American history. Uh, another bill, uh, your bill to combat human trafficking, getting through judiciary, you know, when we're, we're talking about human trafficking, we're talking about human smuggling. Uh, we're talking about the deadly drugs, uh, 100,000 overdoses, uh, young people, 18 to 45, leading cause of death, overdose. And we can't seem to come together on stopping drugs at the border. Why is that? You know, because unfortunately, the border has become uh, an issue of who who is going to be the face of America. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying anyone in particular, but it's pretty clear that it's not an accident that our border is open, contrary to what the uh, White House will say about the border being closed. And that means that uh, those 52 that died in that trailer, they're just collateral damage to those who want to have two, three, four million people come here disproportionately uh, in, from places that are not historically uh, the majority of Americans. Uh, the British are not coming, the Canadians are not coming, uh, not even the Germans, uh, but they are changing the face of America. And it's pretty clear that many of my colleagues on the left are pleased with that. Uh, I don't have a problem with the changing face of America. Mine is a face that is different than our founding fathers, but there's a right way to get here and there's a rule of law and that's been thrown out the window by this president. Yeah, and and what we're really talking about here, but it seems the left will not take up the issue of the cartels. That border is controlled by the cartels. It's not it's not controlled by the border patrol, uh, nor the provincial police or the uh, the federales of Mexico. It is controlled by the cartels. Period, full stop, and no one has the guts. The last person who had the guts to talk about the cartels and actually going to war against the cartels was Donald J. Trump. And he has been silenced, hasn't he? He has been silenced and in uh, both literally and figuratively uh, by all the media. Uh, they won't cover him. They won't, they won't, they won't honestly talk about his accomplishments. Uh, and that's, that's just the way uh, it's going to be. It's going to be up to his family and those who uh, were part of, of, of an amazing time uh, that I got to live through 
in which we effectively made the border a controlled area. We negotiated with our neighbors near and far uh, to, to take responsibility for their own citizenry, uh, particularly, you know, people forget the criminal aliens that used to not be sent back and had to be released into America because their countries wouldn't take back their own criminals. Um, that, that changed under Trump, obviously changed back or even for the worse under, under President Biden. It's, what President Trump accomplished in four years uh, is remarkable. What was done to him throughout the course of his presidency uh, for six months before uh, that as a candidate and in the time since he left office a year and a half ago, he's still being persecuted. Uh, he is still being politically persecuted by the Marxist Dems. It goes on. The January 6th committee uh, is a complete and utter farce uh, that is only as the two impeachments and a special counsel revealed a whole country. Uh, they are nothing more uh, than the most primitive uh, of uh, Stalinist uh, show uh, uh, theatric, uh, uh, political uh, theatrics. They're really rather amateurish, yet they have the power because of the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy, the alignment with the Marxist leadership of the Democratic Party, and of course our national corporatist media. Uh, it, they're a formidable lot to come up against, aren't they? They are. And uh, we saw this uh, just yesterday uh, when they paraded out their one-sided statement about what supposedly happened and supposedly what President Trump did and said. Only today, only covered on Fox and Newsmax and by people like yourself, but you know the mainstream media is ignoring the fact that every Secret Service agent, Secret Service agent, has said that didn't happen. I was there. I didn't say it to her. It isn't true. Now, you know, when you look at somebody who's currently detailed to this president saying that that person has something to lose by telling the truth, and yet they're t they're saying it didn't happen. Uh, but you never heard that yesterday. Why? One, because they didn't ask, and two, because there was no offsetting question, no Jim Jordan there, uh, no Trey Gowdy in the old days. Uh, we, had, we had no other side, and certainly Liz Cheney wasn't going to uh, say, uh, by the way, if we ask uh, the, the Secret Service, are, are they going to corroborate that? You know, she wasn't going to say it because they should have already done it. You don't parade somebody out that you had an earlier interview with without checking exactly what she says. As a matter of fact, your years of seeing journalists the first rule on a journalist is if somebody says something, you call the original source uh, to for corroboration before you go to print. Didn't happen. Won't happen. That's the world we live in. Right. And uh, I, to listen to uh, Brett Baer on Fox, uh, let, let's play Brett Baer's response to uh, Hutchison's, uh, the 25-year-old's testimony uh, that was hearsay and rumor. Uh, that she was reporting to the J6 committee. Uh, if we could play that, please. This testimony was very compelling from beginning to end. She obviously had access to all of the players. We are now hearing from the former president on various posts where he questions her uh, 
accuracy. He goes after her directly, says he doesn't know who she is, and said he didn't lunge at the Secret Service agent in the Beast. Uh, that didn't happen. He says he didn't throw his lunch against the wall. That didn't happen, and that she's lying. Cassie Hutchinson is under oath on Capitol Hill. Um, the president is on Truth Social, uh, making his statements. What was so compelling, I think, is, is how it was laid out. We always point out that there's not a pushback, and it would have been great to hear Jim Jordan or some congressman say some other angle to this, but the testimony in and of itself is really, really powerful. Really, really powerful. Did that sound like Fox was uh, going right down the middle, fair and balanced? <laughs> you know, it sounds like uh, they, they sort of gave you half the story, which is uh, saying it fairly well. If you only tell half the story, if you only have one side, and if you do not cross-examine, it will sound compelling. Well, you know, if you listen to the opening statement by a defense attorney, every one of their clients is absolutely innocent. But that is not evidence. That is not what a, a jury should consider. And ultimately, the American people are being asked uh, to try and convict the former president, based on the opening statement, if you will, 45 minutes by Liz Cheney, uh, you know, talking about what, what they're going to show and what happened. You know what? I've been watching it. I've recorded it. It's painful. Uh, but I want to make sure that I've, I've seen their so-called evidence and seen what, what I see all the time, which is one side, no contradiction. Guess what? It's believable. It's not believable, though, when there's even so much as she named a Secret Service agent. He said it didn't happen. He's, his job is on the line saying that he is, all of these Secret Service agents have said they'll go on the record, they'll swear uh, in. They were never asked uh, why. They didn't want to know. They didn't want anything that would contradict what this juicy tidbit. And you mentioned a 25-year-old. Um, age is not the only indicator, but let's, let's break it down. This was her third job that I know of uh, since she came to Capitol Hill. She moved around a few months here, a year there. She gets uh, her dream job uh, near the end of the administration. What it, didn't think it was at the end, but near the end of it. And what does she do? She's in the outer office at a desk for the chief. Now, that does make her very knowledgeable about people going in and out. It, pro it appears as though it gave her an opportunity to talk to people who talk to people who talk to people. But there's a reason that hearsay has to be corroborated or it's not admissible. She clearly didn't get what she said she got from a Secret Service agent. She might have gotten it from somebody who said that somebody said that the secret agent said it, but that's just not right. And now that we know the truth, what we know is she's not a credible witness. Her sources which were secondhand to begin with, turn out to be thirdhand, which means she wasn't telling the whole truth about where she heard these things. And she wasn't telling the truth. She was lying uh, because she was repeating rumors. Uh, but the, the, the January 6th committee had a responsibility before putting her on live national television to have corroborated her story or found it wanting. And they didn't do that. Uh, they didn't talk to that security agent. They didn't validate anything that she did. Uh, and they put it up because it was damaging to President Trump. It's a replay of two impeachments uh, of President Trump by the same radical Dems. 
Are you going to believe? Are you going to believe Adam Schiff? Or are you going to believe Donald Trump? Uh, for example, Brent Baer didn't ask that question. Uh, he didn't ask who is the more credible here, a man, Adam Schiff, who lied for a period of six years and is still lying, or Donald Trump, who was persecuted through two impeachments, a special counsel, three years of FBI investigation, and now the J6. And by the way, he hasn't been caught in a lie yet. Furthermore, he hasn't been convicted of a crime. But Adam Schiff has been uh, absolutely caught lying throughout. Uh, and yet the media wants to pretend that all of that history doesn't exist, that that comparison is not appropriate, when in point of fact, it is exactly material. Well, Lou, uh, we could we could go on and on about uh, Adam Schiff. Let's just say that when third parties evidence came forward, it vindicated President Trump uh, before the accusations, during the accusations, and now, of course, afterwards. Uh, Adam Schiff knew, just as the FBI knew, that there was no Russian collusion before the election. Okay, so the American people were lied to before, during, and after. And, of course, now they still act that way. It is interesting. I'll just give you an off-subject tidbit, sure. but it's one that's topical. Vladimir Putin is getting more money today than he was before his invasion because this president failed to rally the you know, offsetting oil production. So even though uh, they're, they're sending less uh, uh, oil out of Russia today, they're getting so much more money for it that they're, in fact, making as much money. That could stop. But this, you want to know who's a friend of Russia? He's sitting in the White House today. Uh, he, this, is a, this is a man who is allowing him to finish off what he started under the Obama-Biden administration, which is the taking of Ukraine. Absolutely. And further, uh, you know, because I know that Joe Biden is a very serious and honest person, uh, and he would not try to game the American people. The sanctions that he put on uh, initially were so ridiculously soft uh, that they might as well have not been applied at all. The sanctions we have on now, and you know this very well, Congressman, economic sanctions do not work. It's that simple. And particularly against uh, uh, powers like Russia, against China, uh, or any other major developed uh, country. But guess what they did? They forgot to do over at the Biden White House. Congressman, did you know that they didn't stop the import of Russian gold until today? Isn't That shows a certain seriousness about uh, sanctions, doesn't it? Well, uh, seriousness about about allowing free people to, to survive is something he hasn't done, he isn't doing. And unfortunately, uh, you know, we're fighting today. Uh, to the last Ukrainian, uh, and, and I mean the last Ukrainian, if we don't change what, uh, what we're doing. And that, that irritates me beyond belief. You know, uh, I served for 20 years, first active and then a reservist. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the little truisms that, uh, that we, we grew up on in, the, in my days in the military was a quote by uh, 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 Douglas MacArthur, and it, it came out of his knowledge of the World War II versus Korea, and it said, it is, a, it is fatal to enter a war without the will to win it, period. Yeah. And we, 
We have entered a war and we're giving the Ukrainians just enough to lose slowly. How dare we do that? Do not do that. It's just, it just extending their, their misery. Today, we added two more countries to NATO, but no intention to actually make Russia stop. Uh, I, was, I was not pleased to write a $40 billion check uh, for, for a war, knowing that it was just a down payment on a slow and long war. Uh, if we'd had the will to stop this beforehand or the will to stop it early on, we could already have the people of Ukraine returning to their normal lives instead of dying on the streets. And I think it's important to put that at the feet of Joe Biden. It was his administration that insisted on inviting Ukraine into NATO, which was an absolute red line for Vladimir Putin. They knew it. They persisted. And Ukraine crossed that line in seeking seeking uh, NATO membership. Uh, then that was through uh, 2021 through 2022, knowing full well that he was about to invade. Uh, Biden persisted in doing nothing. There were no diplomatic overtures. There were no uh, reciprocal red lines on the part of the United States. This administration led Zelensky and the Ukrainian people into devastation and war. And I'm not taking anything away from the responsibility of Vladimir Putin for invading Ukraine and massacring these uh, people. But it is important that we understand what Biden did and his culpability in it all. Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, The the evening that uh, I learned that he'd had a 65-minute conversation with Putin, I knew that we were going to war. And I knew it because it takes five minutes, maybe 10 at the most, to say uh, essentially what was said in World War II, you know, which was nuts. Uh, famously, the general, his answer to surrender. Uh, if we had been willing to say this is a red line, it takes a few minutes. And by the way, it's not, if it's not negotiable, you don't need 65 minutes. Knowing that it was over an hour, I knew that Putin had basically gotten a green light because he saw a weak, uh, cognitively challenged president who, uh, who couldn't quite understand uh, that Putin was lying. Uh, and didn't call him out on it. You know, we're just doing maneuvers. We're just doing this. We're pulling back. At some point, it takes five minutes to say, Mr. Putin, this will be devastating to the world, but it will be more devastating to you because we cannot, we and NATO cannot allow this. Uh, If you want to negotiate, negotiate. But if you don't pull back your troops, uh, there will be consequences. I just took more time than he should have taken. I I take your point entirely. I think you're exactly right. Uh, And I do believe that we have reached a point in uh, in this country where people are not being plain spoken. They are not uh, principled and they are not willing to take the consequences uh, for both their their statements and their acts. Uh, We have a, a former attorney general, William Barr, who admits that he knew that Joe Biden was corrupt, that his family was corrupt, that the laptop was not Russian disinformation. And he chose not to say a word during the second and final debate and thereby changed American history. Bill Barr changed American history because I don't know his motivation, but I do know the consequences, as you put it, 
of what he did do and what he did not do. Uh, and, and this is where America is right now. We are caught uh, in a, a period of ambiguity uh, and uh, too many failures on the part of our public servants to stand up uh, for American values and principles. Well, I don't know if uh, Attorney General Barr actually looked at any part of the Hunter Biden laptop, but I have. And there were two things that I got out of it. One is I got sickened with this deviant pervert and his what was on there that the American public should never see. Uh, it, it's not even X-rated. It's beyond that. The other thing I became aware of was that this president is deliber deliberately covered up and was in partnership with a corrupt individual who was making millions of dollars. Uh, but by the way, making millions of dollars while being a sick drug addict, uh, that is uh, that is an interesting uh, anomaly. You know, if, if you're if you're going to have a business partner, you certainly could choose a better one than somebody who's strung out on drugs regularly, uh, who disappears for days at, at a time. Uh, and the list goes on. But this is who Joe Biden is. Uh, he's they call him the big guy. But you know what? He's a pretty little guy to to send his uh, his son out to uh, earn money off of his name, even fly him on Air Force Two when he was vice president. Um, your judgment, if I may, Congressman, is Hunter Biden, based on your reading of the, the laptop and its contents, is he a national security threat? And he is a national security. His drug addiction alone is one of the national security threats. Uh, his addiction to watching and recording pornography, even of himself, uh, would would cause any uh, competent investigator to not grant him a clearance. Uh, but his activities on, un, un, uh, you know, how justified. You know, he was never a registered foreign agent. That alone is a criminal violation for which they regularly charge people with it, uh, including friends of, of President Trump. Um, and they do so under this uh, this act where you have to register. Well, Hunter Biden was, did not get millions of dollars, including from the wife of the mayor of Moscow, without having a foreign connection. Uh, clearly, he did. And that and it, he never registered. And who did he lobby, among others? the now president of the United States and did so very effectively. If you remember, um, you know, him, uh, President Biden, when he was vice president, directly intervening in Ukraine uh, to protect uh, Hunter and his partners. Absolutely. Uh, Congressman, it's, it's just a, it's a sickening moment in American history. Uh, this and this moment in history should have been written uh, by Donald Trump, not by President Biden and whomever uh, are his uh, puppet masters. Uh, I do want to say, as we wrap up here, what a delight it is to talk with you. Always educational, uh, always uh, uh, thoroughly, thoroughly illuminating. Uh, it's always our convention here to let our guests have the last word. And if you will, Congressman, your, your concluding thoughts. My concluding thoughts go with my age. I was a young lieutenant in the Jimmy Carter military, uh, the hollowed out military, and I saw how fast America, with its ingenuity, given an opportunity, can come back. So I'm optimistic that in the next election and the one to follow, 
the American people will speak loudly. We will return with the kinds of people who finally um, can return us to what President Reagan did for us, and quite frankly, what President Trump did, uh, did for us, which is un unleash the American people to do what they do well. And, and that includes our U.S. military, but it also includes our ability to get our economy rolling again. So that's, that's the next step. We just need to, uh, to get to it sooner rather than later. Congressman Darrell Issa, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, God bless you and look forward to our next discussion. Thank you, Lou. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Here tomorrow, we'll be talking with Breitbart Senior Editor-at-Large, Joel Pollack. Please join us here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you and God bless America.